it would be like having a public Pornhub account. (laughs) You know, like you could, you could, you you can follow people on Pornhub, and presumably, if you do so, Pornhub maybe makes good recommendations for other porn you might like. I don't know. I don't have a Pornhub account because that's mortifying to me. What if they get hacked? Um, But yeah, like yeah, like following. Uh, a bunch of models on Instagram is something like having a public Pornhub account. You're just leaving it all out there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it could be commended. It takes some bravery. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. On today's show, we have some exciting, sexy topics to cover, including a young woman hearing her parents having sex, an untimely jizzing, how to communicate boredom to your partner, making love versus fucking, and more, including a possibly controversial examination of uh, an all-female subreddit. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello, Keith. How are you doing? Uh, I am pretty sick, uh, and I feel like I was low energy for the last show, and I wanted to be higher energy for this show, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to muster that. I'm going to try. I was going to say sick and tired of me showing up late to our recording oh, yeah. sessions. Yeah, we were we were going to argue about this before we recorded, but you asked to hold on to it. So, who do you no, think we is, don't have to. is late really? more often? Well, maybe maybe oh, it'll just sure. be a, be a quick discussion. Who is more often late? For sure, it's me. But there, but okay. I have a defense. Okay. My defense is that uh, I have to make myself more available than you do because your schedule is more harried than mine is and so oh that like, that is that a lot is, of times I will definitely say, true i will see yeah, a lot of times i will say yes to him so for example today we were supposed to record at eight and then you switched it to seven i wanted to go swimming and i was like well i'm going to say yes to this because if i don't then i'm going to wind up recording by myself i see but but still i mean i, I you know i look i mean every, everybody could do better so i actually don't i, I i'm fine with that feedback i think it's reasonable <laughs> okay like if a person says yeah. xyz time they should they should be there at that time i, I actually agree with that so Okay. All right. Well, this was a extremely boring. It's it's really boring radio to agree. It's better to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, we almost always disagree with the posts we read. So, well, I have some uh, I have something uh, uh, exciting to announce. Okay. Um, what's his name? Uncle Tony is the guy on Having Fun Hobbying named Uncle. Oh, Uncle T. My bad. Uncle T. Uncle T is yeah. back. <laughs> He's returned. That's really on having great fun news, Mike. It That's is. great. So I don't know what happened, but he has a great new post that uh, maybe I'll try to put in the show notes here. Uh, in having fun what hobbying, he's got a great post on having fun hobbying. <laughs> well, he just talks about all his experiences over, say, a month, and like he has some headlines. Like there's one he calls G Cup, another one called Lil Clover, Street Ooh. Meat, 19 year old BBFS, which is bareback full service, a Latina ah. at a hotel. Uh, and then he has an entire review of some Asian massage parlors, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, and he's, he's wow. in uh, the Bay area, so it's always fun to see what's going on. Yeah. And he, yeah. he says that he was gone. I I'd read that he'd found a, um, a, a significant other, but, uh, he said, he said, sorry, had to ghost for a while to cover some tracks and lay low for a bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Don't want to go into my, into details, but my posts get a lot of attention and sometimes that's not the best for your uncle T. Right. So, and this is this is a guy that, by the way, that posts videos. Like he will actually clandestinely, and oh uh, gosh, that's probably illegal. So I shouldn't encourage it. So right. Let's just stop about that. But I, I will potentially post this. 
links so people can judge for themselves. Yeah. Who's the guy who was like a uh, psychologist in the Bay Area and he was ghostwriting that blog for a long time and then the New York Times was did an expose on him and basically doxed him? I don't actually know at all what you're talking about. Uh, yes, you do. Uh, he, uh, the blog was called Slate Star Codex. Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, Scott yeah, Alexander. Uh, sorry. Scott Alexander. Yes. That's his name. Sorry. Yes, I do yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. More well, he went into hiding after the New York Times sort of quasi doxed him, and then he decided to not be anonymous anymore. Right. So we've so. got Slate Star Codex and Uncle T, who both right. had the same That's experience. Bay Area Slightly pseudonym. Different. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the 2X chromosomes subreddit. I, I can imagine this taking the full hour of our show here. Uh, I'm not sure how much we want to get into this, but I'm going to read what the 2X chromosomes subreddit, uh, what is it called? The summary, the description. Yeah. This is what they say. Welcome to 2X Chromosomes, the subreddit for both serious and silly content and intended for women's perspectives. We are a welcoming subreddit and support the rights of all genders. Posts are moderated for respect, equanimity, grace, and relevance. Wow, equanimity. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I mean, so, that sounds on its surface like a great, you know, I, I can't, that, 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 that description sounds wonderful. Yes. It, it, it's a safe space for women. That's a sort yes. of short way of putting it. And if uh, people uh, say things that make women feel unsafe, they get uh, removed. Uh, so right. should I read this one about um, the boyfriend getting carried away? Yeah. So background, Keith sent me this one and we had similar reactions, but, but I think there's some question as to why I think there's some discussion here. So, so if you want to, Keith has a cold, do you want me to read it, Keith? Yeah. Do you have it up? I can pull it up in a second here. I can um, link it to you. Actually, maybe I don't have it. Why don't you send it to me on the chat here? All right. Great. Thank you. you. Okay. Uh, so this is maybe like the kind of thing where you could imagine having a trigger warning or something. Um, I'll just read it here. Uh, uh, trigger warning for rape, actually. Boyfriend got carried away. Uh, I slept over my, my boyfriend's place last night. He lives in a rented room in an apartment. He and I have a healthy sexual appetite and often have morning sex. We both discussed exploring anal sex and using butt plugs. This morning, while spooning me, he started playing with me back there. I didn't think he would actually do anything until he did. Please note, I was still asleep when I... Felt him start trying to anally penetrate me. I mm. buried my face in the pillow to muffle my screams so as not to alarm his landlady. It was painful as he actually started having anal sex with me. He didn't ask, didn't check if I was okay, and didn't take care of me afterwards. I'm confused and hurt. It's something we decided to explore, but not like that. I wanted our first time to be relaxing and slow. He was remorseful and I lay there when he got up to go to the bathroom to shower. I realized I needed to get away to take care of myself and called an Uber and left. He has apologized and said he did, did get carried away and how he never meant to hurt me. I felt numb all day, not to mention nursing my physical pain from the experience. What in the hell happened? Why did I let him do that? I really don't know what to think anymore. This should not have happened. That's hmm. the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let me just read the first comment. And yeah. this person quotes, why did I let him do that? 
and their response is, the correct question is, why did he do that? Sexual assault is never your fault. Never is bolded there. Full stop. Please do not think that you did something wrong or that there is something you should have done differently. This is entirely on him, not on you. Hmm. So uh, we haven't said anything about this yet, but I'll just issue the obvious disclaimer. This is an extremely sensitive topic, and we're going to talk about it now in good faith and try to figure out what reasonable expectations are for people to keep themselves safe and stop themselves from getting physically and emotionally hurt. Uh, right. First of all, this notion that sexual assault is never your fault, full stop, I'd, I'd like to uh, take issue with. Uh, what if, uh, I posited this to you before, but I'll do it again now that we're on the air. What if somebody said, uh, I would like you to have sex with me. And then I had sex with them. And then afterward, they decided it was sexual assault. Is that their fault in that case? I mean, I mean, can you just retroactively decide that something is sexual assault at any point? Yeah. So in that case, it's a definitional issue, right? It's, it's, what, it's how you define what is considered assault. And I think most people would define it as doing something without consent. And so in that case, I guess the answer would be no, you can't retroactively define it because consent was they obtained. Consented. Okay. Right. What is the proximity and time and space of consent? So this person says in their thread that we both discussed exploring anal sex and using butt plugs. And so that seems like they've discussed having anal sex. Maybe consent was partially given, I suppose, or the, in her mind, I guess it wasn't, but in his, it seems it was, although he later says that he did get carried away, although unclear what he was responding to there. Honestly, I think that for a lot of men, the scene that she described there up until the point where she, I don't know, there was, there was a point where it was like, you know, everybody's apologizing to each other, but the point where she's just sort of like kind of sort of tolerating it, sort of letting him do something to her like that part. I don't actually think, I think that that part of it could actually be part of a normal, I guess, consensual relationship, right? Where uh, you have a relationship where somebody actually likes having um, things done to them that are like a little bit up to the line or something like that. And um, I think that, the guy in that situation probably uh, would have expected her to object um, yeah. during the act and therefore took her, her lack of response as consent. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a great sort of uh, case to evaluate because it's a little heartbreaking to read. I buried my face in the pillow to muffle my screams as not to alarm well, his landlady. And that, Sounds like it was a bad experience for her, but it's clear that she didn't say anything um, at any well, point. I mean, even that part, I think, could actually be considered kind of hot from like a yeah. consensual non-consent situa- uh, perspective. I mean, you could have right. a relationship with somebody where – I mean, scream is a strong word. I I, I don't know if she was actually if, – if somebody was screaming, right, right, I think right, I, would right. Ta- I, w- I would personally take that as non-consent actually. Yes. But um, you could imagine yeah, something I mean, a little lighter than screaming. 
Yeah, again, we're trying to have a good faith conversation here. Obviously, this specific case, we don't know. There's too many open questions to fully evaluate. It may well be that she was raped and like, you know, based on previous things set up in their relationship. But we've talked about on this show many times, I have been with a number of women who are extremely noisy when they are in bed. Hmm, That's true. And, uh, you know, they're shouting and sort of performed resistance or, or performed intensity is for me actually a little bit irritating, but yeah, I mean, there are people who do this. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, I can imagine a situation where this guy thought that things were going well and finding out that he had in his girlfriend's words assaulted her after was probably, uh, not on his bingo card. Yeah, I think that I think that the the interesting thing about this topic here, this post, is that I think this is actually a situation where no one did anything wrong. Um, it, it, yeah, so so it, it suggests that there could be like a non a no fault sexual assault, basically, where where the, the guy thinks what he's doing is okay, he genuinely does. I mean, you could argue that he, it wasn't okay, but a, I actually think a reasonable person in a situation might think it was fine. I mean, it just, she didn't react. And, and, you know, what you said is a good point. She, her reaction might've been pretty normal in terms of stifling sounds, using the pillow, so forth. She also, I don't think did anything wrong. Um, I mean, it would have been better. It would have been better for him to explicitly ask for consent. It would have been better for her to say, Hey, I don't want to do this. Like, stop. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. So it would have been better, but you know, if this were, you know, an eighth grade health class and you were the teacher talking to the boys and girls about, how they should behave, uh, you know, as they're trying to learn about consent and uh, how to, you know, do physical things with other people. Yeah. Is the advice here, would you give advice to both of them? Like, yeah, is the woman you should try to vocalize how you're feeling? Or is the advice to the man that uh, before you do anything, you need to ask for micro consent at all times? And what is the path of instruction that will most likely lead to more positive outcomes going forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I have a memory of a, gosh, it's like a porn. I'm trying to remember. I mean, on, on the more female oriented porn subreddits, there's often uh, discussion by women of how much they like videos where there's just tons and tons of consent given. And I actually find those kind of boring because it's just, there's so much consent that it's kind of just an insane amount of like double checking everything. Yeah. But I, I also have a memory of seeing something where a woman was discussing a video and complaining that actually like the guy asking if he could kiss her or something like that kind of took her out of the mood. And she viewed that as like a negative component. I'm trying to, I probably saw it on TikTok or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually pretty unclear what you should recommend. I mean, I think generally if you're doing an activity with a person that you've never done before with that person, maybe checking is reasonable. Although I just think that that's in reality, that happens like less than 1% of the time in relationships. Well, yeah. And well, first of all, I, I have a couple topics later about whether women prefer dominant men or submissive men and uh, how that can play out in different ways. So if we have time, we'll get to those. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, and maybe this is just my subjective experience, but I feel like for every thing I see that, 
for every video with micro consent being given at every moment, there's like a hundred videos of uh, various rape fantasies being played out. Like, well, I, and the, I, the yeah, the the normal, but not even rape fantasies. I mean, the normal. The reality is that the normal way the male female relationships operate is that the man tries to do something and the woman says no. Yeah. Yeah, rape right. fantasy was the wrong word. Like, what's the right yeah. word for what's the expression for uh, nonverbal implied consent? I don't know what. I don't know what. That yeah, he's just sort of but dominant, and the woman doesn't say no. Yeah. Let's say you're on a first date, and you know you're you're two thirty five year olds, and uh, she's come back to your apartment, and uh, you're both sitting on the couch. What? Would the most, you know, sort of modern, uh, leftist, super safe, two X chromosomes uh, believer say, uh, how should the man proceed? Well, I mean, that, just taking that side of it, it would be to basically ask for consent before he does each new action or maybe every possible action. Can I kiss you? Is it okay? Are you feeling okay? It's just constantly taking your temperature like that. I normally ask uh, if I can kiss a person before I do it. It's almost always way beyond the point where it's obvious that they do. And so that that's never gone badly for me. It, it's almost like a cute flip thing to say. Um, sure. But then after that, is it, uh, you know, I'm going to put my hand under your shirt now. Is that okay? I think so. I mean, I think that there would, it yeah. would be okay. Right. right. So I agree. I think that is like what the instruction around this is and maybe should be. I don't think that putting the onus on a horny man to behave perfectly in that situation is necessarily uh, more likely to go well than telling women that if they're uncomfortable, they need to speak up. Like if you had to choose one or the other, I think, yeah, women should be encouraged to speak up and men should be encouraged to ask for micro consent at every moment. But if you had to choose one, which do you think would lead to more positive outcomes going forward? Well, I generally this is think controversial. That, it's like, it's hard to even talk about, but. Well, I mean, I think I, I generally think that society has sort of already pre-negotiated this. So the, the, the incumbent way in which this happens is kind of. Obviously, the guy just tries things, and the woman sort of knows right. to say no, um, or sheepishly pushes think, him away, yeah. or whatever it is. I, yeah, the other thing I would mention is, is that there's a separate issue, which is that the guy asking for consent all the time, I actually think would decrease his batting average. So I think what you're describing too. doesn't. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, yeah, like what is the goal here? Like you know, supposedly something like. Half of all women who go to college now report that they were sexually assaulted at some point in their college. And I, I think they actually believe that. But how do you how do you fix things so that the women who believe, you know, who say that, who report that drops? Uh, and, well, I think, you know, if, if the if the line is that if they ever hook up with somebody that doesn't ask for micro consent at every moment. I just don't think that I, I think a lot of women are going to feel traumatized then. Like, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to like actually fix this in a way that like makes the outcomes for women better. Right. Uh, I would just say on the, on the 
sexual assault college piece. Um, I have a fair amount of experience with this, not as an assaulter. It was not an assaulter. <laughs> however, I did deal with uh, women after the fact that had experienced this. And I mean, something like 99% of the time it's alcohol. Uh, and that makes it even harder yeah. because then, it, it, right. They, yes. I mean, you, if you, if you, if your mind is on a, a substance, you might think you've given consent and then there's this, it becomes even more complicated then, right. To, to, to know whether what, what's exactly has yeah. happened. And now the other guy's got to give you, the guy has to give you a breathalyzer to know what your blood alcohol level, blood alcohol level is. To be fair, in most cases, it's obvious she's really drunk, but the guy might be really yeah. drunk too, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Yeah, so. there's a somewhat boring conversation to be had about what the law is around this stuff. And the law is sort of on the side of men generally on this. It's it's not really that interesting of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how to make people feel better about this generally. Uh, and it seems to me that the meme and the sort of two X chromosomes and adjacent spaces uh, that the man needs to politely and suavely ask for micro consent at every turn is while a a nice ideal to imagine, but in, in actuality, it's hard for them to do it suavely. So as you point out, they drop their batting average and it's hard to do uh, consistently because they're horny or drunk or the person on the receiving side is, you know, drunk and not able to, yeah, fully do what they otherwise might. And so, yeah, anyway, this is sort of, you want to look at another, you want to look at another topic from this uh, particular subreddit so we can analyze also the kind of, so yeah, I mean, one of the things we wanted to talk about rambling, one of the things, one of the things we want to talk about is just generally what is the kind of, error what is the what is the, i mean yeah it's good to have a safe space for people but there's some kind of a um group think that's taking place on this subreddit that maybe is not uh congruent with reality so here's another one uh there's a few topics like this but another one is how is it when men have high body count it is a buffet of experience but women are sluts just saw a question on ask men where a woman keeps thinking about her boyfriend's history and comments made my blood boil it's a woman speaking Basically, it's all good because he's telling her she tops all experiences that he has had. He basically got it out of his system and now can settle with her. So when a dude has a body count high up, it's the buffet of experience. But most of them wouldn't date a woman who has a buffet of experience, even if she is to tell him, even if she were to try to tell them that they top all her experiences. So all in all, she's in the wrong for thinking like his history is a problem. I'm so irritated by this stupidity. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this body count topic is something we've covered many (laughs) times. Uh, I mean, she's not wrong that there's a double standard. Um, I think she is wrong that it doesn't make sense due to first principles. So, right. Agreed. (laughs) I don't know. And I think that's so obvious that it's basically boring, but there's probably some listeners who haven't heard your your rant on this. can Can you do it briefly? Oh, I don't know if it's a rant. I mean, it's basically just the notion that, I mean, ultimately the dating marketplace is a bit of an economy, like, you know, supply and demand. And women just have a lot more supply of men coming in. They have a lot more inbound. It's If a woman uh, wanted to have uh, 
sex with 30 guys in the next 30 days, particularly a reasonably attractive woman in her 20s, she could do that. Whereas a man actually couldn't do that in most cases. Right, trivially, she would just do it. Uh, And so the reason why a high body count for a man is quite different from a woman is simply, simply because one is an accomplishment and one is not. That's it. It's just, that's it. Right. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's some, there's some other aspects to it, which is for whatever reason, promiscuity in men uh, is not, doesn't feel as icky. Um, Now, I don't know why that is, but I suspect it's something um, that is in our DNA. Now, there are other things in our DNA that feel icky that we try to disabuse ourselves of. For example, tribalism and xenophobia are two things that are sort of innately built into us, but we, you know, try to disabuse ourselves of it but oh i thought that was part of the good stuff (laughs) yeah just just zero into (laughs) racism as quickly as possible um but yeah i mean i think that uh promiscuous women for whatever reason uh feels icky and that's not fair and you know especially in a modern world where you know things can be safer and you know men aren't literally plumbing the semen of their rivals out of their uh uh, out of out of the women in the in the village, uh, yeah, those things are no longer the case. But that people feel a certain way about it is difficult to change. Yeah, and I think it is actually fair uh, because for the man having the high body counts like climbing Mount Everest, for the woman it's like climbing some hill in you know Inglewood. It's not very hard. Um, let's <laughs> let's do let's wow. do let's do another one here. Yeah, uh, it just isn't. It isn't. I mean, uh, I, I know, agree. I, you, I agree. If you were a really, really unattractive woman and a high body count, I would actually be impressed by that. That's the thing. It's not actually like a. Um, and if you were a hyper attractive man and had a high body count, I'd be less impressed. It's, I, I just think it's purely an accomplishment. It's like, are you good at the video game or not? Uh, and for women, in most cases, it just, just doesn't tell me anything about how you play play life. That's all. We should. We should. I mean, would you want to respond to that? I don't want to cut you no, off. No, I. I okay. completely agree. So here's another one from this same subreddit. Uh, this is this one might hit too clo- very close to home for you, Keith. Oh um, boy! The, the way that men have normalized following and openly interacting with porn accounts is disgusting. There, I said it. I'm so annoyed and grossed out how men always have a justification to following soft porn accounts. It'll mm-hmm. always be weird and scream porn, porn addiction to me. I have a cousin who's married to an okay guy. I was pretty indifferent to him until he followed me on Instagram, and I saw that a majority of his following were basically women working out women posting softcore porn, some barely <laughs> legal. I'm so yeah. disgusted because he posts their daughter on his account as well as his wife. I just feel like it's a lack of respect and self-control. I personally follow hobby type accounts, hair, nails, makeup, cats, LOL. It's also embarrassing, but whatever. Wait. And uh, Okay. Go ahead. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's following female porn, right? <laughs> like that's, exactly. Like that she's not interested in the male body is not yeah it, it, yeah she's well, whatever sorry continue she says it's just the one more sentence i can't imagine doom scrolling a bunch of porn accounts on your phone to then put down your phone to be with your kids men need to do better okay thoughts she's talking right to you yeah well uh, to, to me. be fair <laughs> to be fair uh so i have i think i follow like a hundred people on instagram or so and i am very careful not to follow any accounts that are just purely people posting thirst traps. I, I do follow one. It's of this uh, hept- this Canadian heptathlete who 
I think is very pretty. Um, but what's her uh, username? Uh, I don't know what her thing is. Her name is Georgia Ellenwood. Okay, go ahead, keep going. And As everybody's uh, her content Ooh, is yeah. mostly th- her mm-hmm. content is mostly thirst traps. Um, but I don't know. I've been following her for a while. I, I feel connected. Uh, but if if I go to my reels on Instagram, uh, it's all mm-hmm. everything it shows me is like women in bikinis. Like they've they've uh, triangulated what I like. And it's, it's sort of embarrassing. Like if somebody else were to look at, at my reels, which would be like somebody, you know, looking at your TikTok, they're going to see things <laughs> sort of, sort of embarrassing. But yeah, I mean, I think the male experience is they like looking at women and I think it is sort of shameful to have your social media accounts following a bunch of scantily clad women. So I don't do it, but it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's that I just, yeah, it's that I can find pictures of scantily clad women without using social media. Like these guys are just idiots. Like they don't, this is the way that they, they masturbate. And so they're not able to like separate their, you know, public social media from (laughs) their masturbation hobby. Yeah. I, I, in some ways I feel the exact opposite of this woman. I think it's kind of cool that this guy, and this guy, you know, if a guy is willing to be that, oh, look, a lot of it, it would be people, like having a public right? Pornhub account. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like you can, you can, you, you can follow people on Pornhub, and presumably, if you do so, Pornhub maybe makes good recommendations for other porn you might like. I don't know. I don't have a Pornhub account because that's mortifying to me. What if they get hacked? Um, but. Yeah, like yeah, like following uh, a bunch of models on Instagram is something like having a public Pornhub account. You're just leaving it all out there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it could be commended. It takes some bravery. I mean, I, I, first of all, I, I'm wondering, you know, is that not coming, uh, so to speak? Uh, I think I think people public Pornhub. Yeah, people. I mean, look. Well, this is what I was going to say: is that the trend has been toward people being much more upfront about their problems and not just problems, but who they are being honest about who they are. And oh, I see. just as people, you know, people complain about dick pics, you know, the, the, uh, the penis visibility of a penis is sort of the final frontier. Nobody wants that, you know, get that out of here. Well, well look, if you want, uh, to be, you know, if you want to be able to talk about, um, whatever, some supermodel who, had postpartum depression and blah, 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 and had all these problems. I mean, like maybe we should also be talking about guys and the fact that they spend a substantial amount of time daily doing this. What's what, why, why is that to be shamed? Uh, because she's decided it's shameful. And honestly, I think her addiction or whatever you want to call it to nails, hair and whatever, I forget what she called Makeup. it. I think that's pretty shameful. I think that's actually Hats. stupider because at least at least I can get a nut out of the uh, I'm going, <laughs> I, I, I uh, mark my words. I'm going to get a, a nut out of that heptathlete. I'll tell you. I saw yeah. that account. Isn't she lovely? I, she is. I'll, I'll, uh, do you mind if I put it in the show notes or is that too close to home? <laughs> no, I don't you think do follow uh, her. Yeah. I think she has hundreds of thousands of followers. I don't think she's okay, uh, okay. going to be my future ex-girlfriend. It's not that I was, <laughs> It was whether uh, people could dox you using that information that I was worried about. 
Okay, oh. there's one more. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm safe. It's too late. You already said her name. Of course, I could delete it. But there, uh, there's one more that I wanted to say just because this is this is a, after my own heart. And, and then maybe we can talk about this subreddit generally and what, what's wrong with it. But uh, okay. All right, use let's a go. Magic wand, use a magic wand for the first time. Is this real? Here we go. 34 and recently bought a magic wand, my very first vibrator slash sex toy. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the first time in my entire life, I got a real orgasm. I've been married once, dated four men post-divorce, and yet I never came. I realized it's because I never knew what it means to come, and I always ended up focusing on making the man come. This has changed my life. I've masturbated thrice already in the last two hours. I'm ecstatic. I know I'm being dramatic, and possibly it's from all the hormones in my brain right now, but for the first time in my life, I feel truly independent, LOL. Mm. LOL. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That one I just wanted to read because uh, it's just a catnip for me. Uh, longtime listeners know that I believe that's more common among women than not. Yeah. I mean, and if you would have talked to her a year ago and accused her of never having had an orgasm, she would like spaz out on you and say that, of course, right. she's had orgasms. You don't know the, fe- the female body, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Actually, um, I wonder if commenters shamed her for like, uh, you know, let me see here quickly. Can we bet first? Being... <laughs> Whether someone shamed her? Yeah, there's a, a zero percent chance. Ah, uh, fair point, fair point. But, but but keep in mind, this is she's going countercurrent to the standard uh, narrative, which is that women experience vast differences in the uh, strength of orgasm, and so you know, some women just have really tiny ones, right? Et cetera, et cetera. These things that are told to women very com- uh, commonly to uh, discourage them from one or, you know, to encourage them to think, Oh, I had one, even though I think they may not have. Right. Anyway. So what do you think is going on with this subreddit generally? Um, I'm, I'm nervous to even speculate. <laughs> so it's well, such some a, sort of group thing. It's such a third rail, right? Um, is it? look, I understand why, um, women become misandrists and uh, build spaces where various misandrist tropes emerge and are supported. Uh, and maybe that makes them feel better. But I'm not sure that that's the best way for their lives to be reliably better going forward. Like, I think this subreddit, for all its intent to make things better for, for women, may actually be harming them. I, I, by, I need to think by, about... what, by reinforcing reinforcing kind of simplistic beliefs that uh, reduce men to kind of a... a a, a very basic set of rules that uh, that don't fit every man, or in fact, don't fit most men. Yeah, I, I mean, in fact, the same thing that they're complaining about men doing to them on some level. Yeah, or over, over. Boy, yeah, yeah yes. I don't want to say what I was about to say. Oh, I want to hear it. Over. Let's see. Over. All right. I think that I think that over dramatizing certain mm. events can. Uh, make them worse and more affecting than they would be than if you you gave the sort of 1950s advice, which is, you know, keep your chin up and keep marching forward. 
I think it can be true wow. that I think it can be true that men are assholes and really need to reform their behavior, and that women have you know tons of awful experiences with men, way more than men have awful awful experiences with women. But I am not sure if leaning into embracing the the trauma and the upset from those experiences is the best way to uh make the you know reported happiness of women generally better going forward like i think there needs to be a bifurcated approach like i think that men need to be educated and reformed and ask for consent more and to behave better in a, a million different ways and women need to try to understand the way that the world works a bit better and do the very and you know be aware of how various actions of their own may affect their experiences what do you Was think? I speaking you, too think? generally there, or does that make sense? Oh, I know what you're saying. I think our listeners do too. Okay. Um, right. What do you What do you think is going on with a woman who is so uncurious about her body that by the age of 34 she still hasn't like masturbated to an orgasm? I don't know. I, I've often thought back to my first masturbatory experience, and I was 12 mm. or 13, and uh, you know, famously. It was with the sleeping bag <laughs> and, uh, for our longtime listeners. Anyway, I, it's like, I, sometimes I wonder, I wonder how long I was capable of orgasming before that first one. I feel like maybe a week, <laughs> maybe two, like, I, you know, I, I done various things to arouse myself, but never reached orgasm before. But I think it's cause I, I like basically couldn't, I think like almost immediately after I physically could, I did. And so this notion of squirting for the first time or orgasming for the first time in your mid thirties is completely alien to me. I, I can't imagine it. It's, it's totally unrelatable. And so I don't, How do you square that with your unwillingness to be pegged. I've said this before. My unwillingness to be pegged is because it's sort of socially unacceptable and I'm afraid I might like it. And I would rather live a life where I don't know if I'm missing something that I really like rather than have to deal with this reality that like, well, now I can only date women who are like willing to peg me. Like, what if I love it? Like that would actually be, I think, a negative discovery. Yeah. The other thing, another thing that I think goes along with that, that I, I feel about that is that, um, Okay, I think that I think that if uh, if you read accounts of orgasms online and you've never had one, you're going to think, okay, this is something that's a step function, like a big step function, better than anything I've experienced before. So it's something that you yeah. should go after. I'm yeah. I'm deeply skeptical that anything that's available in the pegging domain is uh, at that level. Uh, that you know, I'm sure there could well be some you know modest improvement in the experience, but I'm skeptical that it would be at a level where it makes it worth what you said. I mean, basically the discomfort, uh, having to now have this thing that you have to do. I mean, anytime you're going out with a woman, you've got to check if she's got the strap on, she can come over and, you know, give you that. Right. I mean, the, the analogies I've used in the past, and usually when I do this, it makes the woman I'm telling it to squirm, but you know, there's, uh, necrophilia and bestiality mm. and pedophilia. It's like, well, why haven't you tried any of those things? Like, maybe, maybe you'll really like them. Like, <laughs> well, well <laughs> they're just not acceptable. And it, you know, it's the case that pegging is more acceptable than the three I just mentioned. But it's still kind of 
less acceptable you've, than the than the than the quote unquote normal things. You've brought up necrophilia with a person that you were dating. Yeah, I have. Did that mostly as a sensationalistic, mostly as okay. a sensationalistic rhetorical technique, okay. not as an actual uh, realm of investigation. How would you? Let's say you. Uh, oh, Lord. You really did want to fuck a corpse. Like what? How could you possibly indulge that? Do you like make f- friends with a? Oh, no. uh, what's somebody who works in a morgue called? Mortician, mortician, <laughs> yeah. undertaker. No, that's somebody who works at a funeral home. What's what's like the person that the, the autopsy person? Um, pathologist. I don't know. I, th- I think is there a the name for that? Yeah. Well, an autopsy is a little different. I mean, once you've, uh, this is not a good, this is way worse than talking <laughs> about anal sex. I, let me, I'll say, I think it would be very hard to accomplish. And I would suspect just have, from having reflected on this for maximum 45 seconds, that unfortunately, a lot of the times they wind up murdering the person and then doing it. Jesus. Yeah. I suspect because it's because of this exact issue and so on and so forth. It's just terrible, terrible. What is going on there? Like, how could they possibly perform? Whatever. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> I think that. I, well, I just think we it falls under the. This is. I, I, well, but I think it falls under the broad heading of people that have had some sort of crazy trauma in childhood that they then re- relive. So, and so moving away from that topic, I think. Uh, for, for, and I don't really understand why this happens, but it's absolutely the case that women who've had fraught relationships with their father, kind of act out, uh, discipline and. Um, kind of punishment experiences with, with, with guys later, there's some con- yeah. there's some connection there. And so they're basically reliving something that, that from their childhood. And so I could imagine there could be something there for, for, yeah. uh, for their afield uh, <laughs> for corpses or animals or, well, or bestiality or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's move on. So, uh, that was the guy. Whew. Yeah. We just spent 30 minutes in a very dangerous territory. If it were possible yeah. to cancel us, uh, we'd be, potentially in trouble here. All right. So I, right. I teased a few topics in the opener that we can try to quickly get to. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, this person, I, uh, a 15 year old female often hear my parents having sex at night. They're not loud, mm. but it is noticeable. They wait until it is late in the night, probably when they think I'm asleep. Do I ignore it or would it be best to tell them? I don't want to feel bad about it. Oh gosh. Did you ever experience this? I never did. No, I think, oh boy, my parents have not discovered this podcast. I think Mm -hmm. I might've walked in on them once when I was very, very, very young, but I don't know. It could have been a dream. It was so long and it's such a like poorly formed memory. It would have been when I was like less, less than 10 years old. So I remember, uh, this is not about my parents, but I remember, um, maybe when I was 17, I was dating a girl in high school. And she told me this story that she thought was like really cute about how she oh, heard no. her parents upstairs or something. And then the next morning, her dad like made pancakes for her mom. And I it's remember this story because it actually upset me. I didn't tell her this, but it upset me. And the reason it upset me is I'm like, wait a minute. That means your parents are having sex like once a year. <laughs> like, I mean, I was able to do the math immediately. Right. Like, oh, no. Like, like, is that what happens? Uh <laughs> And so, yeah, it was sort of upsetting to me. I was like, wow. But, but she was, yeah, she found it kind of cute and not, not upsetting, but it was the one time she heard it. If you're hearing it uh, a lot, um, I don't think you could tell them that you hear it. Uh, 
maybe you could get some earplugs or headphones or something. Maybe you could move. Yeah. I mean, look, if you hear them once, yeah, it seems like if people are having audible sex, then you're going to hear it basically every time. I mean, I guess it's possible that they sometimes have super loud sex, but if you have children, you're probably trying to tamp it down a little bit. And so, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I know friend. how you confront your parents about this. I think, I think you just make a joke out of it. Be like, uh, sounded like you guys were doing some gymnastics in there. You want to keep it down a little bit next time. And then yikes. But if you're 15, I mean, that's, I know like a 15 year old doesn't have that, like sort of <laughs> developed prefrontal cortex or conversational ability. Like everything is embarrassing to them. So that is going to be just mortifying. Right. I wonder what percentage of guys, so this is a woman, this is a girl, 15 year old girl. Let's say it was a guy. Yeah. What percentage of guys do you think would beat off to that? You know, uh, what I mean? I, they hear it, they hear it happening. Uh, what percentage Jesus, of guys would be like, let's, let's say they're virgins, I would, they have no access to a woman. Yeah. I would hope zero because <laughs> you just can't. I mean, one of the comments was, I overheard my dad doing dirty talk. That was awful. And, <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. Like listening to your dad, like say, ham-fisted, dirty talk to your mother. Would, uh, yeah, I, for me, it's zero. What? Why did your mind, that your mind even went there though implies that it's possibly non-zero in your mind. Um. Well, I mean, I just remember being of that age where I remember yeah, every, everything in is, my, any stimulus yeah. is arousing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I remember being in my bedroom and thinking, God, like how many, how long is it going to be between now and when like I can have a partner? And that was pretty upsetting to me. And so I don't know, yeah. like anything, anything that kind of could kind of, uh, simulate that. I don't think, I don't think in this case, I think that would not have been compelling to me, but I, I just think that if, yeah, it came to my mind. So I suspect there's some percentage of young men, probably almost zero young women who would find it compelling, but yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I agree on both fronts. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. All right. This person yeah. says, boyfriend says I'm boring in bed when we have it six times a week. So I'm a 23 year old female and my boyfriend, 24 year old male of a year and a half told me last night he finds sex boring. He was very rude about mm -hmm. it. I'm enthusiastic and initiated, always wanting it. He said a guy at work is having exotic sex with his girlfriend, handcuffs, outfits, etc. Now I have a good now I have a good collection of nice underwear and sexy outfits. Fair enough, I don't wear them all the time. I bought some green underwear, his favorite color, and he said he didn't like the bottoms because they covered my bum. He also said to surprise him with sexy underwear, but I quote, never do. We've been into Ann Summers, that must be a lingerie store, and I'll say, ooh, this is nice. Or what do you like? And we end up buying nothing because he doesn't like anything. I'll happily wear something if he likes it, but he says I won't because girls he has been with before they say they will and don't. Uh, okay. What I'm trying to get at was why would he say this? Am I boring or is he being childish? Edit. I think he's gay. He has read the post and has apologized. He is upset oh, he has geez. hurt me, says it is his fault. All right. So yeah, this is a misread on her part. So here's what I think. I think, I don't know if I think he's gay. I think that he's <laughs> not that into her. And yeah. I don't know what to do when you are less interested in having sex with your partner. This is a thing that has happened to me in many relationships. And 
it's always a tricky one. Like I want to be just as interested as I was before in having sex with them and communicating it to them is not really an easy thing to do. It's not sexy. I probably don't want them to change any of their behaviors anyway. And so I sort of end up in this dead zone where I don't know what to say. And my partner is probably feeling sort of confused by my behavior. But uh, I mean, in some ways she's lucky here. She she's had it communicated to him. She knows he's not that into her and she should just move on. Um, That's probably right. It it was a bad strategy of his to, to say anything. He should have just like pretended everything was fine. And he is trying to pretend everything is fine. He said he apologized. He's upset. He hurt me. He says it's his fault. Like he's just trying to like stave off the breakup because he wants to be in charge of that. Well, that, yeah. Okay. Maybe, but that's, yeah, this makes me think of something we discussed not on the podcast, which is, uh, uh, you basically took the position that women, uh, will after say, I don't know, some, some period of time, basically the woman doesn't want to make choices, doesn't want to break up with the guy with you. That's been your experience. They don't want to break up Uh with you. Yeah, because they don't want to. They don't want to have to make a decision like that. And I think that's generally right, directionally right. Although I think that eventually they will. I mean, that most divorces are initiated by women, so there is there's some point at which a decision will be made. But it probably goes on a lot longer than it has to. And I was thinking about that later, and I thought, well, you know, I think guys do the sort of the same thing, not because they don't want to make a big decision, but because they don't want to cut off their access to their sure access to sex. And so that could be what's going on with this guy, right? He's just prioritizing the bird in hand versus two in the bush. I think that if he met someone at work that he was super interested in, he would break up with her immediately. Right. Okay. But that's the, that that sort of goes along with that argument that I guess both genders would do that. That people will not make the decision as long as they can, but a guy in particular, I think will do that because of the scarcity of sex. So he thinks, yeah, bird in the hand, whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is why so many relationships end with somebody quote unquote cheating. It's like the relationship was dead for a long time and then somebody finally found a reason. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. It's not confusing. Um, I mean, it's tricky. I mean, I've been in relationships where, you know, the sex hasn't been compelling, but I did want to still be in the relationship, but it's, yeah, it's hard to pull out of that nosedive. Oh, yeah, I saw a porn the other day that was a guy. It was like one of these cuck porns. Okay. His whole thing was he liked to go in after the other guy. Like, and he would talk. He vocalized a lot about it. Yeah, I know. So he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I feel his, I feel that other guy's semen, whatever he said. I forget exactly what he said. Lubing it up for me. And he's like, yeah. And then she said various things to kind of, uh, she kind of cooed the same things back to him. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, well, I lost my erection. We've talked about what the uh, minimum time you want to leave the self-cleaning oven on before <laughs> trying to bake something else in there. And yeah, I, th- I think it's like 72 hours or something. I-, I think I wouldn't be able to detect it to detect it after like six, but uh, huh. or maybe maybe that's maybe that's giving myself too much credit. Maybe I wouldn't be able to detect it after like half an hour if she cleaned up. What do you think about um? a TikTok video that shows a girl very young i'm assuming of age girl and and and, and our caption is just she's sort of like dancing around and the caption says like something like i just met you know just met my boyfriend's parents 
And then something like, you know, they don't know that their grandkids are running down my legs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, it would get a lot. Yeah, it would get a lot of views. Is that, I don't think that's a thing a woman would ever think. Like, they all, it's a thirst trap, right? It is. Yeah. So they just, some guy told them to write that or they read yeah. it online somewhere. Chat yeah. GPT. Okay. Did you see this content somewhere? I've seen that 50 or a hundred times and you see it again and again and again. And I just think to myself, well, I don't think I've never encountered a woman in real life who talks or thinks who seems to think like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I, I look at a lot of still image porn, which I think is something that's sort of unusual about me. I've been meaning to talk about this at some point and we'll, maybe we'll do it next episode, but the mm. captions on the images that women post to Reddit are reliably clever and arousing. And I don't think, I, I really? think there are agent. I think there are agencies that basically uh, post pictures of women to Reddit and other areas, and then eventually steer you to their only fans. And they've gotten you, clever at making could, traps. We'll talk about this in another episode. No, I know. I, I just want one. I need to prepare some one. material. Oh my lord! Okay, well, we it would be it something like what you just, Mike. It would be something okay. like what you just said. It's like it's just totally okay. incongruent with the way that I think that a young woman's mind works. Right. 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 She'll, yeah. You that's, know, okay. Like there's a there's a, a subreddit called mm -hmm. breeding material. And, you know, all the captions will be about, you know, the only rule is you can't pull out or something like that just doesn't feel like something a woman would say. Right. Um, no, it's so, not at all. Right. Okay. That's a good piece. Uh, why did I, I'm a 19 year old male, jizz my pants when she, 21 year old female slapped me. I liked this one because Whoa. it was a. Uh, Sort of a sexy story. I know the title sounds like a mess. Sorry in advance. I know this girl. Let's call her N through a mutual friend. She's not exactly the most pleasant person to be around. She's disrespectful and constantly getting into arguments with people. I'm surprised she has so many friends since she's always creating drama everywhere she goes. But I think being attractive helps. She also <laughs> constantly picks on me, which is why I started distancing myself from her. However, I am ashamed to admit that I'm very, very attracted to her. I don't want to be, but I can't help it. I can only get off when I'm fantasizing about her. Not even porn helps. A few days ago, I was in a friend's car and was also there. I got into an argument with N and stupidly enough started getting a boner. Please don't ask why. I have no clue. Well, you're 19. I wanted to exit the car, but she prevented me from leaving by putting her leg over mine and pulling me closer. She also said, mm. I'm not done yet. I was already turned on massively and called her crazy. This set her off and she gave, and she gave me a full slap. I was shocked as was our other friend, and it took me a moment to process what happened. I also came in my pants. I'm serious. I don't know how that happened, but it did. At this point, I really needed to, to go, so left quickly. Yeah, good, good read. She was trying to chase me down, but I told her to give me some space, which she did. So why did this happen? I don't have a humiliation kink or anything. I don't fantasize about being dominated. So why did I jizz my pants in this situation? What's wrong with me? I don't... That doesn't totally make sense to me. I, I, because, so, I mean, if he detected wetness there, that could be something else. It doesn't have to be, but I mean, if he, yeah. if, 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 have you ever like jizzed in your Spontan pants in a situation? Spontaneously jizzed? Uh, no, I haven't. Because there, because wouldn't you expect 
I mean, there are other things that go along with that that would be kind of obvious to the person standing in front of you. It would be hard to conceal it, right? Yeah. He doesn't write about being found out. I'm not sure if that happened. I don't know. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't want to get slapped. That's not a thing that is on my uh, to-do list. I can't imagine orgasming after getting slapped. I can't imagine orgasming from non-genital contact generally. Like, you know, like people talk about having a nipple orgasm. Yeah. And that seems wild to me. But yeah, certainly having a uh, cheek punched orgasm seems <laughs> impossible. Like I don't I don't get it. I don't know. Well, how that's why happened. I mean, I'm sure you've had the experience of uh, being in a situation with a woman and then discovering later that there was more fluid that had kind of come out of your penis than you thought. Sure. Yeah, I've had three, so three that was yeah. But large amounts, I'm sure, like in certain situations that are kind of, you know, moving in a certain direction. So I so I uh, yes. I am guessing that that might be what actually happened, which make you would think, make sense to me. I, I don't I don't know if I've ever I mean, I guess if I had definitely I wouldn't know it, but I was going to say I I don't think I've ever mistook an orgasm for a non-orgasm or vice versa. Oh, sure, but the way he's describing it, I mean, he didn't there's no detail in this post about anything other than well, it's just yeah, I guess I just don't know. I don't I don't I haven't had any experience in my life with this uh, kind of spontaneous uh, situation. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not pleasurable. Maybe maybe you can have something that's not pleasurable and where you don't have the kind of normal physiological reactions that you'd expect to go along with that. But I would think that there'd be more going on there that he would. Yeah. So I was just imagining, well, maybe he detected the wetness later and thought, oh, I must have done this. You know. Yeah, maybe. He sounds a little bit confused generally i mean he just has a crush on this girl he's <laughs> he's got that like sort of fourth grade thing where he's like pretending not to like her or something and probably she uh, does on him as well yeah i mean the thing where she put her leg across his and said he couldn't leave that sounds pretty promising it does yes something he ought to be able to take advantage of yeah all right we don't have much time so let me see if i have a, a, sh a quick hitter here uh yeah, this one's this one's quick. All right. Drinking more water made my sex life infinitely better. I've always been the type of person to drink maybe a glass or two a day of water. I was always dehydrated, but used to it. I've also always had trouble orgasming during sex and getting wet enough. Somehow I never connected these. Anyway, recently I've made it a point to drink a lot more water, at least 60 ounces a day, usually more. The sex is so much better. I'm much more wet, not even during, not only just during sex, but also generally feels better and healthier. Uh, she says she feels more lubricated, blah, 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 blah. Um, do you think it's possible to go through your life so dehydrated that your <laughs> vagina never works properly? I do. I do. I suspect that she's really? telling the truth. Yes. That seems. I actually, I, I, I absolutely Could do. Could men tell do you this? I, I mean, that. like, have you, have you ever, I mean, I've been dehydrated before, but I don't think I would let myself get so dehydrated that like my cock started functioning differently. <laughs> That's true. Uh, be like, no way. Give me some water. 
I mean, I've experienced, I mean, I think we've discussed the fact that I've experienced uh, like NSAID pain relievers like Advil having some kind of an impact on me. Yes. So I know there's a some kind of a, a connection there. And the specific impact I've had there just for interested listeners is uh, kind of like you can get a nut off, but it's not very pleasurable. It's actually really annoying. Um, it's less intense. I've had it where it was just nothing, where there was just no intensity. It's really annoying. I feel like, like well, you I have spent, more variance you know, in your orgasms than mine. Like I feel like all mine are a seven or eight, and you have tens and twos. Yeah, that seems right. Um, I'm not sure if I'm jealous of that or not. Like sevens and eights are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and we don't. It's difficult to compare a subjective. I know. Experience it's to very so maybe subjective. actually, maybe I have ones and threes. You never know. Like, hard to say. Um, yeah, we just we but, discussed that uh, probability problem. Yeah. The, uh, the, I think that it's very easy for you to imagine how somebody could be that dehydrated through like drinking lots of coffee or alcohol, like things that tend to dehydrate you. So it doesn't, this doesn't surprise me that much. And yeah, I mean, it makes sense that that could make a difference. Like their body's going to prioritize like having enough blood or whatever over being lubricated enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess I've never, I've never really had like a drug or serious drinking problem. And so, I mean, I've been hung over. I'm not sure. I haven't been so hung over so often that I've noticed various uh, performance issues. I, I probably do perform. I, I prob- my orgasms are probably less intense or my erections less less hard when I'm super hungover. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I generally think that health matters a lot for that. And so there are a lot, a lot of people who are just unhealthy in various ways uh, limit limit the uh, quality of the experience they can have. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going to wrap it. You have anything else you want to add? No, I hope you feel better. Oh yeah. Me too. Uh, and this is going to be our last episode before Christmas. So I hope everybody has a happy holiday. This is a probably a good place to end episode 97 of your mileage may vary. We are always interested in feedback. You can contact us at ymmvpod on Twitter or at ymmvpod at gmail.com. We pay $10 for all feedback received at either of those places. And if you'd like to ask us a question privately or publicly on the show, uh, you can do that there too. Thanks for giving us a listen, and we hope to catch you next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Je viens entre tes reins. Je vais et je viens. Je me retiens. Non.